but but this can't be true, Tom. Tell me it isn't so. Look, sir, I don't want to speak out a turn, but I'm just passing on what you've heard. And they're going down there in the uh, in the lower field, and as far as I can make out, you've got no way of stopping them. But but this is absurd, Tom. I can't allow it. There will be there will be outrage in the village. Well, I don't think you need to be too worried, sir. I mean. I think it's going down quite well in the village, all things considered. It's quite an economical boom, all the people coming over from Borchester and, and spending the night there, if you know what I mean. But but it's not my fault, Tom. I I didn't know about this. Look, sir, he's no expert at the law. But from what I can tell, you don't really have a leg to stand on. It, it specified quite clearly when you rented out the land that they was going to be doing dogging down there. And that's all they's doing. But, Tom, I thought it was something like the crafts that they were going to do. And it would help us with the Britain in Bloom Awards. I mean, oh, we can't stand for this. Look, sir, I don't think you want to worry too much. I mean, I think the whole village is behind it. They snail couple are regulars down there. And Jill Archer, she's been known to pop in. And even your good lady wife has been down there a few times and uh, she says she quite likes it. What? No, not my Jennifer. <laughs> Clearly some troubling times for Brian Aldridge down at Home Farm, and if you want to pick up where we left off, then you can tune into the Archers at the same time tomorrow. Now, for a change of pace here on Radio 4, we are marking the one-year anniversary since the mysterious disappearance of renowned director Sandy Tolperton. At quarter past the hour, we will be playing the full documentary that followed the making of his most famous and controversial work, the Mighty Guff. But before we do so, we present this audio play for your enjoyment in its entirety. The interior of Birmingham Cathedral. A large crowd is in near ecstasy listening to a solo song by Daniel Mercer. Now, this is a story all about how my life got flipped and upside down, and I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there, I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called Guildford. In West Philadelphia, born and raised, on the playground was where I spent most of my days, chilling out, maxim, relaxing all call, and shooting some croquet outside the school, when a couple of guys who were up to no good started making trouble in my neighbourhood. I got in one little fight, and my mum got scared, she said, you're moving with your auntie and uncle in Leeds. Hey, bravo! Oh, bravo! Oh, Hooray! Oh, oh, hey. Well, good, good oh, I'm singing, sorry, my darlings. I must go. My private jet is waiting to take me to my next modelling shoot, where I'll be photographed in just my little gym shorts and black socks. Boo! Oh, we want more, more, singing. more singing. More singing. More singing. At that point, the mighty guff summoner is activated. <clears throat> Exposition: An internet of things vibrated, discreetly placed upon Daniel and Graham Jet persons. Eee! Sit down, the ungrateful buggers. He told you it was too busy. You buggers have had two hours enjoying his throat. Poor lad is exhausted. Oh, I'm sorry, my lovelies. You can buy a CD in the lobby. Daniel Mercer bows, and him and Graham Kett 
Turn and walk to the rear of the stage, revealing Daniel Mercer's singing gown is unfastened at the back, and he is all nudie down below. A large woman in the front row faints dramatically. A Sid James-style character leers, clearly impressed by his muscular thighs and calves. To the guff barge! Something is afoot. They walk to the vestry. Turn the bust of Pat Sharp 30 degrees to the left, and after a shuddering grind, the secret passageway is revealed behind the picture of Stu from the Tesco ad. The robotic wanking claws leap into life, rip off their vestments and replace them with their superhero outfits. The Mighty Guff and Frenchie. To the Guff Barge, allez, allez! It is the quickest way to get the, from the edge of to centre of Birmingham. And the barge, it is quicker than a regular barge because it is using fat balloon technology to use your Mighty Guff's Mighty Guff to power it. Six to eight hours later, they arrive in Birmingham County Hall, moor up and run inside, and burst into Chief Commissioner Beardwood's office. He is a heavy-set man with a thick, brummy accent. Hi, Commissioner. Why did you activate the Mighty Guff Summoner? All right, ducks. Oh, Mighty Guff. I is pleased to see you, Chuck, and your little pal French, eh? <laughs> we are in a right pickle. <laughs> what is it, Commissioner? Some bloody supervillains are trying to sabotage Birmingham Pride. Wi-Fi enabled dildos. I would expect this of the cold brew hipster, but I thought the Litzbog was on our side and they were sworn enemies. It is tre, tre mysterious. What turns a good man bad is mysterious as love. When I ran a restaurant, I realised love is like... Uh, uh, ordinarily, I could listen to you all day, pet, but this is an emergency. I need Yowstow to save the day. Luckily, I know why they are doing it. After all these incidents of people leaving floaty poos in toilets and all the perverts taking pictures of Yao's shoes under the cubicles, I installed webcams in all the lavies and I overheard them plotting. They have formed a pact because they both hate Yao, mighty guff. They hate Yao and people having a nice time and litter. It is the perfect storm. The cold brew hipster hates hearing anyone having fun in a way he disapproves of, especially noisy fun. And the litterbug is enraged by all the litter left behind, especially all them empty cups. Uncircumcised dick pics, do you know what they are planning? Yes, I do. They both spend a huge amount of time in public lavatories. The cold brew hipster is planning to use his freeze cannon to freeze all the coffees, without hot coffees in our bit of northern climate. <laughs> All the lovely gays will get cold and sleepy and go home early, making less mess and less noise. I would like a big blast from the cold brew hipster's cannon, if you know what I mean. <laughs> this is no time for your innuendo, Frenchy. In your endo, boom! The mighty guff rolls his eyes and tries to hide his semi-erection. Yow too, a Brum's only hope. Our economy depends on the Pride weekend. They must be stopped, y'all, to the Guff Copter. The mighty Guff and Frenchie are hovering over Birmingham in the Guff Copter. This is a tandem bicycle that's been modified to fly using helicopter parts. It's powered by a constant stream of farts from the mighty Guff. Regarde, down there, it is them by the coffee mark. Ha ha ha, you are too late, see? My main boy, the cold brew hipster, has already frozen all of the coffee. Birmingham Pride is ruined and the streets will be less messy. He's right, so he is. See them coffees over by there? I froze them all, see? All these bloody LGBT people, subwoofers I call them, I don't care if it's <laughs> offensive. I say it now because of Brexit. I have been emboldened by the referendum vote, see? 
they're all going to get sleepy and goes off to bed early. And then I can get a nice bit of kipsy. Angry flock of butter seagulls. Merde, oh no, we are too late, mighty guff. Fear not, Frenchie, for I have a plan. I need you to distract them so I can land the guff copter close enough to the coffee mark. Say no more, F-bomb away! Frenchie tumbles out of the guff copter. He deploys the parachute from his onion string utility belt <laughs> and floats down in front of the clue Colbrew hipster and litterbug. Ah, hello, mes amis. When I see you two together, I think about love. Love is very much like a frozen cup of coffee. Sometimes with milk, sometimes with sugar. The villains are soothed by Frenchie and momentarily their eyes glaze over. Mighty Guff skillfully lands the guff copter by the rear entrance of the coffee mark. Mighty Guff sneaks up on the villains. Stench of warm fathers lingered in his tiny running shorts and black gym socks breaks Frenchie's spell and they try to run away. Mighty Guff and French chase them into a cul-de-sac. Now is the time to surrender, evildoers. Never. I am unrepentant, see? I hate all these noisy people having a good time. Last year they drove a forklift truck in reverse for eight hours. Mighty Guff and Frenchie share a knowing glance. This is the filthiest euphemism in the world, but it's so naughty the Pope keeps it top secret and only tells his favourite superheroes, like the Mighty Guff and Frenchie and Super Ted. The Colbert hipster fires his freeze cannon into the ground and it fires him away like a jetpack. He disappears from view towards the southern side of Birmingham, towards his secret lair. Our unsaid creme fraiche has escaped. Oh, you never mind that, Frenchie. We caught one of them. Don't you reveal his identity? They remove his mask to reveal... Brian Corrigan, 73? Um, now hold on, mate. It wasn't me. Um, the EU did it. My granddad was a war hero. Um. Jotala, this is another mask. I will remove it. Jotala, it is Dan Fenn, Soison de Nan. It is 625, you moron. That's why I did it. You have ruined my life by rejecting my love. Hold on a minute. This is another mask. Christopher from Dorset, it was you all along. That's my, my lovers. Sorry about all this. I just wanted Mighty Guff to notice me. Plus, I don't like littering. Ah, love, it takes many forms. I'm sure Mighty Guff can forgive you and have a lovely bubble bath with you, but now we must work together to save pride. <laughs> my little Gaelic friend. I've already saved pride. But how? I used a superheated megathought to thaw the coffee. Hooray! Hooray! Ew, but what about all the mess of the paper cups? I have an idea to avoid cups. We will spray on them from the guff copter. And because my farts are mildly hallucinogenic and euphoric, they will have a lovely time. Later that evening, the Colbrew hipster is in his evil supervillain lair, Skyping with Top Hat German, an international scoundrel. Noisy dance music can be heard in the background. It says, bloody pride is so bloody noisy. I hate the mighty guff for spoiling my lovely plans. You are a bloody idiot. Just wear some earplugs and stop drinking Budweiser. It is not real beer. It is as wrong as a wooden robot. Just then, the tannoy can be heard. We were scheduled to stop the music now, but we're all having such a lovely time. We're going to party all night. Joining us on stage now for an extended and extra noisy set is a special surprise guest, international gay icon, Dan the Polar Bear Mercer. Crowd goes wide. Oh, curse you, mighty Guff. Curse you, Frenchie. Curse you, Christopher from Dorset. And to a lesser extent, Commissioner Beardwood. Although I do recognise he was acting within his remit as a government employee, so I'm slightly less annoyed with him. This isn't over. I will be back again to spoil everyone's fun. 
The end. Addendum. Later, Daniel and Chris have a lovely central bubble bath together and wash each other with sponges. It is very erotic. Daniel, this is nice. Oh, stop it, stop it, that tickle. <laughs> oh, Daniel, you were such a naughty, naughty boy. then that was a production of The Mighty Guff, and coming up next is a documentary that uh, chronicled the filming of it, a very controversial work in its time, and perhaps even more so now. I, like many of his fans, miss him very much, and it's quite haunting to hear him describe his own process, which was controversial and difficult for the actors at the time. Yeah, so you're asking me about my process and my methods? Well, I tell you, it's quite unconventional. What I would do, I'd get all of my actors, three, four, five. I mean, this is a big budget, maybe, well, only three, but four, four. Yeah, it was four in this one. I think that was the most ever. And I'd get them all in this room, and I'd put a microphone in there, and I'd tell them to record a podcast. Do it every week, every week. And they're actors, they're idiots, they don't know what's going on. So they talk about all this nonsense, cream teas, this, cream teas, that. It, it, it drives them insane. And after maybe three or four years, I give, them the con- the, I, give them the, I give them the script. I give them the script and then boom, the magic happens, the tension's there, the frustration's there. I mean, just look at the outtakes. I mean, the anger of the other actors towards Daniel Mercer. They hate him. They hate him so much because he's so useless at what he does. And truth be told, when I cast him in the role, I was thinking more of his physical qualities, if you know what I mean. And (laughs) it's from a different time. If you cast a pretty boy like that, then whoa. But we won't get into that. Anyway, these other actors, they know he's no good, and they get so frustrated with him. I mean, look at the accents. It's all over the place, even more than mine, and I'm multilingual. Anyway, so what I does is I puts them in there, and they do the podcast, 
and they're just not expecting it one day. The script arrives and they try and read it out. I think the best way to understand my method is just to listen to one of these awful, awful podcasts and just see what happens. So that's what we're going to do. That is my method, and I'm not sorry. Hi, I'm Orlando Bloom, and uh, you're listening to a two-star podcast, innit? Adding things to the... Have you added stuff to the agenda? Is that what you were doing? Why would I add stuff to the agenda? Well, I don't know. You, you, we, we were all there, and you said you had to finish typing before... Are you just sending an email? I mean, what was it? I was working and had things I needed to finish typing. He was sending death okay. threats to MPs. People didn't want me typing during the podcast, so I thought I would type before the podcast. I think it is... Eliminating that problem. I think it's reasonable to expect people's... Not full attention, that would be too much. That would be too intense. But probably 80%. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Or at least if if everyone... I mean, I suppose people can do what they like, but doing it silently would probably help in an audio medium. (laughs) Yeah, I silently do other things all the time. Yeah, that's fine. Well, I I mean, silently is probably overstating it. No, quite, I mean, quite you, silently. You tend, to, you, you tend to limit your noise to sudden, unexpected bursts, <laughs> which you claim that you're not lying on a bed of tinfoil. He gets it all out uh, of his system in one go. Oh, it's probably more sensible than mine. But I was, doing, I was doing that noise just for the podcast, so... That was that content. Yeah, it was, it was content of a very pure form. I mean, yeah. on the subject of getting it all out of your system in one go, um, we have good news... Oh, yes. uh, which is that the pending pornpocalypse has been postponed. That's true. Uh, yes. Because the government have, uh, in I mean, what can only be described as a complete shock, uh, not only for a government IT project, but for one enacted by this of all governments, uh, they've totally fucked it and have realised there is no way in hell that it will be in place in any kind of functional sense by April. And so have now delayed it vaguely to the end of the year, but frankly, God knows what will happen to it. Oh, I think weird because um, they, they're usually very, very efficient, aren't they? I know. So all that panic wanking you've been doing for the last week unnecessary. Yeah. I but mean, lovely. I will never accept panic. And Chris, you're now going to have to work on unfetishizing so many of those household objects. It's going to be tricky because I did put a lot of work into that. Yeah. At this um, at this point, you can't even get an erection without a damp towel hanging somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's always really been sure true. So. Wow. Well, yeah, <laughs> Chris, I've got um, um, a plug-in error oh, right. that uh, warms up. A what? Oh, yeah. that oh, error! Yeah, that sounds very kinky. It is very high end, exceptionally kinky. I've the the relationship that I've been developing with my error. Um, I think I think she's quite a dominatrix. In that, whenever I try and, and open or close, I tend to get my hand pinched quite badly. And Willie? And um, no, not not yeah. I mean, I'm to? I'm not uh, you know I'm not rushing things. Hmm. You've got to build a relationship first. Go on so a few just uh, train rides. <laughs> mm. Yeah, maybe. Um, but also, uh, Ali from Nottingham has also been trying to develop this fetish. Oh yeah, and uh, he's been sending me uh, rather lovely uh, little clips. Well, only one clip so far of him fondling his own error. Nice. Um, so that's 
That's it's dangerous. If too many people develop the same fetish, then the government will inevitably have cause to classify it as pornography and thus undo all of your hard work. Yeah, I think two people is manageable. I mean, this government's quite vindictive. I mean, they're very incompetent, but they're also quite vindictive. Do you know what I'd like to see in terms of in terms of implementing this Some legislation? Kind of, oh, okay, sorry. Um, I would like to see it um, rolled out in trial areas, like they did with Universal Credit. So, just one day, um, no one in Newcastle can use the internet. I mean, they're not I mean, it'd be a fascinating the sociological it's study. Well, come on, come on. What, what what else is the internet used for? Well, this. Yeah, I think this is probably going to count as pornography in some no, sense. Isn't uh, it? At least well, 50% given, of us are masturbating right now. Given that we, we've <laughs> what what do you think the noise is? discussing porn, uh, I think you're probably right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it would be interesting if you sort of banned porn for, say, a week in a town and sort of saw what happened to, like, the crime rate, the pregnancy rate, um, the wrist injuries rate, and, and that kind of stuff. And the birth really? rates yeah. nine months down the line. Exactly. Uh, it's an interesting, interesting proposal. Who would fund this research? Well, the government. It's their stupid idea. Well, no, they're not very big on funding things. Well, I mean, I'm, that is a large part of the problem. But I'm sure they seek a private idea. sector partner. Dan's proposed it, so it's his idea. That's true. I think it's down to him to get it funded. Uh, Kickstarter, maybe. I suppose um, that could work. Yeah. Which uh, Which town are you going to try and get to sign up for this? I feel like Fife. Uh, no, because Angry Scots might be a bit much. I feel like somewhere like say, not Eastbourne. Um, maybe well, Woking. No, Eastbourne. You nobody ever wanks in Eastbourne because it's too old. Their prostates give out. <laughs> mm, you'd be surprised what old people get up to. Anyway, um, no Woking. Woking is my trial. Okay. Okay. Fine. Well, report back to us in a year's time. Okay. Is this going to be why you you can't edit any future podcasts or past no. podcasts just because you're doing this important research? No. Okay. There's going to be a different reason why you can't do it. Oh, no, I'm, I'm going to do one two eight or whichever one it is I owe. Um, yeah. Just one two two got the better of me. Yes. Just some admin. I have um, as an act of love. I am going to. Uh, Remove the responsibility of one two two from Dan. Oh, sorry. When you said act of love, I thought we were back to wanking again. Mm. No, I mean, it's, I've, that's I've part refined of his my price for removing one two two. So yeah, yeah. I've uh, I've refined my seduction technique. I'm going to do nice things to Dan. Yeah, um, it and turns then out he'll... I am in many ways a cheap date. So um, and then yeah. he'll owe you. Yeah, well, I thought I was hoping slowly, slowly fall in love with me, but oh, yeah. Okay. Well, either we'll way, Chris, this is purely a business transaction. There won't be any kissing. Um... <laughs> so, what's the cut-off point for just getting fed up and then taking ownership of one two eight as well? Uh, no, I won't do that. You might. I, I well, I haven't got time. I'm too busy. We're all too busy. We're very busy people, aren't we? Mm. We've become busy, haven't we? I don't yeah. understand why. Why did that happen? Oh, I don't know. Anyway, um, have we got anything we want to talk about? Um, basically, it's the Chris show this week. Yeah. Which fills me with dread. 
Cool. Well, um, first up, some Ruddy William admin. Mm-hmm. He uh, he texted me to confirm that my story was broadly correct about the about man. About him and the fur coats. Well, he says it wasn't him, but it did happen. But he wasn't responsible for cleaning up the coats. What was no, so he, he just weird. did it because he liked it. <laughs> <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't his responsibility. He just volunteered. <laughs> well, yeah, let, let's go with that. Yeah, and. Um, he also texted me about April, and he said the weekend of the 21st and 22nd uh, works for him. Well, I don't want to go now. Oh. You've taken away the, the real draw, which was um, just turning up and inconveniencing him. Well, he said he, he said it would inconvenience him massively, okay. and he would prefer it if we didn't, but okay. at the same time accepted that um, we we could go that weekend. So Is he won't better? necessarily take steps to remove us. Um, I, I think you need to do more to upset him first. I mean, he is a farmer, effectively. He's probably got a shotgun. Could he at least agree to tussle with us to try and get us to leave? <laughs> and then he could at least play act. Are you, you're not hoping to recreate that time when you, you did naked wrestling in Paris, are you? We weren't, we weren't naked. We all had our pants on. Just pants? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> that makes it normal. I'm not sure it does. You're just jealous because you weren't there. Um, I wasn't there. I'm not sure I'm overly jealous of that. You are. That's a lovely experience that we've had that you haven't and you want in. <laughs> <laughs> had, um, had Robert Macaroni been part of your party, then, mm. then I would have been, obviously. Um, so that's the Ruddy William admin. Uh, we had quite a lot of feedback about my episode because I asked for it. Uh, everyone said it was great, didn't they? Broadly, yes. Yeah. Um, although Christian from Scotland is mugging you off. I'm okay with that. Okay, that's fine. You got bigger fish to fry. No, but he's earned that right. Okay. So yeah, he's he can he can say whatever he likes. And uh, the 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 butter boy from Birmingham. Uh, oh yeah, so get this, Dan. David from Birmingham not only puts cream and jam on scones or scones, mm. whichever. Let's not even open that can of worms. No, he uh, also puts butter on them. I mean, the man's a monster. Yeah, there's, there's no, there's no way around this. Um, butter has no place on cream and jam scones. You're absolutely right. Butter You're damn scones, tooting. Acceptable, but. Dubious. Um, please excuse me, gentlemen. I have a crying baby. Oh. Fair enough. Mm. Um, but no, I, I, I'm entirely on team. Get that butter off my jam and cream's gone. Yeah, good. Now butter is acceptable if there is no cream. Oh yeah, absolutely. yeah, yeah, totally. yeah. It's inferior in every way, shape, yes. and form. And it, it's yeah. and it's also then not a cream tea. It no. is not a cream tea. That's very important. Yeah, yeah. it's just a disappointing scone with some. Butter and jam mm. on it, but it's fine, yeah. and it's you know, a, a decent enough cake. Yeah. When I um, first met my wife, she oh no, I don't think she did this. I think she told me she did it as a child. Let's say she was a child because that sounds better. When she was a child, Chris, what did you do to your wife as a child? No, when she was a child, and she went on family holidays, and they went to like tea rooms. If people hadn't eaten the butter, 
she would eat it uh, like it was just a sweet. She'd just unwrap it and pop it all in. Hmm, that does not sound pleasant. I think no. That, I think that would be nice. Butter's lovely. Not on its own. It needs bread or something. Clotted mm. cream. Well, no, <laughs> it doesn't need clotted cream. That's the entire point. So Alistair from Nottingham proposed a savoury cream tea, which would be a cheese scone with savoury clotted cream, also known as Philadelphia, and savoury jam, also known as chutney. And that sounds great. Does it? Well, I mean, not as good as a not as good as a sweet cream tea, but you could have that for your main course, and then you could have a sweet cream tea for pudding. Or I could just have two sweet cream teas. I have returned. But you could have but you could have two savoury ones to start with, and then two sweet ones afterwards. I'm not saying mm. you can't have two. Okay, well that's more persuasive. But oh, I don't know. I feel like um. I feel like a can you a, do you toast scones? I don't think you do. No, of you course not. You toast fruit scones. <laughs> no. No. You're you, thinking of tea you cakes. You toast tea cakes, yeah. A toasted oh, tea cake, the clues in the that. name. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. You wouldn't toast a scone, that would be lunacy. Yes, it would, wouldn't it? Um, I've had some very bad cream teas in Kent where they have microwaved the scones. And so the scones have been hot, and then the cream has melted. That sounds awful. That once is again, awful. Once again, supporting the hypothesis of jam first, to insulate the cream against the shitty scone. Yeah, no, definitely then... definitely, jam first is the correct way. Yeah. Well, no, no. I, no, I'm prepared to make a small exception. If your jam is runnier than your cream, then absolutely cream first, that's fine. Well, jam but... is always runnier than cream. Clotted Not cream, yeah. yeah. Now... Interestingly, I think it is only Devon that do it the wrong way round. Dorset and Cornwall, and probably Somerset, are in agreement. Mm. It's just Devon in the middle that do it wrong. That does sound like Devon. Yeah. Just that endless rebel of a county. Well, I think they do it right, and they dare to be different. Um, And even though it wasn't traditional, and they were shunned by their neighbours... They've stuck with it, and it's it's proven to their. Um... There's a certain there's a certain logic in that it's basically replacing where the butter would be. Yeah. And you would obviously always put the butter next to the thing you were adding stuff to. But yeah, that's your base layer. That's your, yeah, but but with clotted cream, it goes on the top. Because you see, you put jam on with a knife. You have to kind of spread it. Whereas you put clotted cream on with a spoon, you can just like dollop it. Yeah. And you can't, like, spread on top of dollop, because the cream just goes everywhere. So as I say, if, you, if your jam is sufficiently runny that you can, like, drizzle it over, fine. But when your jam has to be spread with a knife, it's just ridiculous. You have to, you have to put it on first. I don't think I've ever respected anything you've said before, Daniel, but I entirely respect that opinion. It was very Excellent. well argued. Good. I've I... thought a surprising amount about this. Yeah. I mean, do you remember when we had cream tea and you tried to then put the lid back on? No. Uh, yeah, that was unexpected. That was a disaster. You made a, what did I do? A, you made a sandwich of it. Did I? Yeah. Mm. I think you I were very hungry. Very <laughs> that, yeah, I, I think that's probably it. At the weekend, I had a Yorkshire cream tea, which is two scones, one with jam on first and one with cream on first. 
It's and they were fruit scones as well. It's very controversial. You see, well, I... yeah, that was all that was available. Uh, I, I don't get fruit scones. Well, I really like fruit scones, and they are delicious. But I also know, I also know what the elders have told me, and it definitely is blasphemy. Well, I think that that kind of thinking is how we've ended up with Brexit. Mm. And you should just wow. embrace and just just let, if you want a fruit scone, have a fruit scone. That would be fine, but you then can't call it a cream tea. I think particularly you should call it what not, you like. Particularly not a cream tea associated with any county in the West Country. Well, then, uh, then they're stupid counties. <laughs> you can have, you could have, keep your Yorkshire tea yeah. and your Yorkshire tea. Yeah. And um, you don't even grow tea in uh, the West Country. <laughs> we do actually. Where? Cornwall. Really? Yeah. In the Eden Project. Don't think it's in the Eden Project. You can, uh, but there is there is tea grown in Cornwall. It's very expensive. Well, Yorkshire like... tea is nice and cheap and delicious and grown yeah. in Yorkshire. Well, but... it's not, is it? Of course, it is. No, it isn't. It is. They've got a um, hydroponics a, plant under Dewsbury. There was a ridiculous racist who was appalled that uh, Yorkshire tea was not grown in Yorkshire. Yeah. He was being racist <laughs> on the internet. And then yeah. Yorkshire tea um, intervened and said, yes, it's not grown here. And he said, who knew about this? It's an outrage. Hmm. I bet it was a mate of your Ryan Corrigan. It might have been. Yeah. So Chris is actually right. There is an estate in Cornwall that grows tea, and it looks like literally the most Tory place in existence. As well as growing English tea and a vast range of plants that creates the delicious herbal infusions, a diversity of lands allows us to produce Cornish manuka and wildflower honeys, our fine and rare Kea plum jam, and sustainable coppiced charcoal. Beautiful British flowers from Tregothan and estate and its surrounding lands are cut for our range of hands-tied seasonal English bouquets. For this extraordinary state of produce and much more, please visit our shop. I think they can are, fuck see? right off is what they can do. Yeah, that that is literally the Ur Tory. That it's the wellspring, the the patient zero from where all other Tories spring. I get the feeling that you've you've very much carried over your bad mood from last week, Graham. Uh, no, not too bad, really. Oh, okay, we've just talked about things that have angered you. Yeah, yeah. You just—it's just poor choice of content, really. <laughs> well, I mean, it's this or nothing. Yeah. Would you like to know about the worst cream tea I had? Uh, was it the squirty cream one? The squirty cream one in uh, in Kent. Yeah. That, have we talked about that already, or have I, think, I just told you? Well, I think we've talked about all of this already. That that would be yeah. my <laughs> primary concern. Yeah, it's like, like if we can't show without any listeners. real comprehension of the fact that it's stuff we've talked about before until halfway through. Yeah. Do you know where I've seen some really bad clip shows? TV? Friends. Yeah, they're Friends not do great, really bad they? clip shows. They, yeah, yeah. Friends is rubbish. quite bad clips. They are very good at being bad, aren't they? Maybe yes. we should talk about Friends for a bit. Okay, yeah. That's that's original. Yeah. What which on, episode of Friends have you friends. watched most recently? Uh, I've got up to season nine. Wow, you're really and going through them. That's the one where they all lose the will to live, isn't it? Season 8 was pretty good. 
And season yeah. nine has started well. Do you know Paul Rudd only arrives in season nine? Yeah, yeah, he was a Johnny Come Lately. Right at the end. Yeah, right at the very end. I've uh, watched the one where Monica's got the job in the restaurant and she had to fire Joey. Yeah, the episode oh, titles yeah. really started to go downhill towards the end. <laughs> yeah, it got quite literal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Anyway, come on, let's let's get out of this funk. I've actually got some genuine content. I know, I'm okay. very impressed by this. Yeah, I wrote a play for when we went to Nottingham. Um, why have you put your mobile number at the top of it, by the way? I don't know why it's got a mobile number at the top. <laughs> <laughs> you should ring it. I wonder whose it is. It's not yours. It's not mine. Excellent. It's, I mean, it could be anyone's. Graham, it I could be anyone's. To ring it. I hate the phone. Maybe you shouldn't ring it. It might be something from my work. <laughs> it could be um, a sex line. It's not. I don't think it's my burner phone. That was it, from uh, that was a different that was, weekend, yeah, wasn't it? That was, that, was, that was from the drugs. I mean, Leeds. Maybe it's it David from Birmingham. A... No, probably, probably not. So I don't know why there's a number at the top, but but there is. Anyway, have you got it open? I haven't got it open. Yeah, I've got it open. Yeah. Okay. So this was written because I thought we would all be in the same room. We were. Um, and well, sadly, we I, were... I wasn't. <laughs> I mean, in a physical sense. Yeah. I think that's even stretching it. Um, uh, so I wrote this, I think, on the train on the way up. I might have written it the week before as well. And the basic premise is that Daniel Mercer is a superhero called the Mighty Guff. And his superpower is farting. Hmm. And he has a sidekick that is Frenchy, so that Graham can do the good accent. Um, So I have a question. Yeah? Is, like, my secondary superpower blocking any plumbing? (laughs) That doesn't come up in this episode one. That's fine. That that can be part of my character development episode. We could retcon that in. Yeah. Yeah. It's important to have arcs. That's that's when you get rebooted. I don't know if we need to go through the cast. Shall I explain the? Shall I go th- through the cast and then we just dive into well, it? You're, you're the director. Let's do it whichever way you think is going yeah. to get okay. maximum art. Total out of this. Can I place. can I stop and ask people to reread lines? Yep. Uh, yeah, I don't see why not. Only okay. if you only if you uh, give them you know tips about their motivation. Yeah, I will need okay. I will need some character notes. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. I mean, so the cast method acted this for like weeks, but I'm willing to sacrifice yeah. my, my principles for you here, Chris. Okay. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> We've got <laughs> that recorded. That's that's consent. I'm I'm excited about this. That's very good. Right. So the cast is Birmingham Police Commissioner Beardwood. And this character has got a very strong Birmingham accent and is going to be played by Adam. <clears throat> I love that uh, you've capitalised Adam for Adam. no readily apparent reason, but neither do I rate that. Emphasis. Because it's, it's an acronym. <laughs> the problem is, is I wrote this uh, a long time ago, so I can't remember my decisions for some of this. Far, far away. Yeah. So then Daniel Mercer... 
yeah. who is a world famous choir singer and glamour model, is going to be yeah. played by Daniel. Mm-hmm. Graham Tuket is the northern manservant of Daniel Mercer, mm-hmm. and that's being played by Graham. By manservant, do you mean penis? Um, like Butler. Oh, I, I like the idea of Daniel having a northern penis. <laughs> How do you know that I don't? That's good. Well, I've had uh, many conversations with him. Yeah, fair point. He's a <laughs> what? <laughs> well, what would be the difference? Given that the you are a... for a start. <laughs> Any other difference, Graham? What? Between a northern penis and a, a non-northern penis. It's just funnier. Okay. How do, love? Yeah. Hey, up, Daniel. Wanking again, are we? I mean, I don't think you'd ever get the, the chance to say that, what with all the abuse and... Hmm. No, no, Mr Mercer. No, stop strangling me. Yes. Yes, exactly. Right, I have a northern penis now. I've decided. Right. Um, you've got to think more about this play. It's serious stuff. Sorry, and now. The narrator is Adam. The mighty guff, who is secretly Daniel Mercer, is being played by Dan. Mm-hmm. Frenchie, the faithful sidekick of the mighty guff, is Graham. And then I gave myself the ensemble casts. I don't mm-hmm. really have much to do until right at the end. So You're I the am, chorus. Yeah. I'm the cold brew hipster, who is an evil villain and a Welsh. I am the litterbug, who is a chaotic goody baddie. Mm-hmm. Goody, goody slash baddie. I am Ryan Corrigan73, who is an English patriot, a UK supporter, an Islamophobe and a prick. Uh, I'm Danfan625, legendary superfan. I am Christopher from Dorset, who is the top bloke. And I am angry uh, Chris, top I'm sorry, German. only so far you can push suspension of disbelief in <laughs> fiction. Why doesn't okay. Dan have to do an accent and me and Adam do? I do, I think. Well, we, yeah, he's got to make himself slightly posher and glamouroser DM's for the role of Daniel Mercer. Tire, no, I think like he should have to do it in an Indian accent. <laughs> should be uh, easy for him. Oh, what, what accent should the mighty guff have? Scottish. I, I can be Scottish. <laughs> okay. Definitely <laughs> demonstrably can't. <laughs> no, but, but that makes it funnier. Yes. Well, okay. Because I can't do a Brummie accent. So. Fine. Well, let's let's go. That the mighty Guff puts on a Scottish accent to disguise his true identity. And then, and then I'm finally I'm top hat German, who is an evil villain and associate of the cold brew hipster. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this is. The Mighty Guff, Episode 1. Pride Comes Before a Fall. I don't know why it's called that. Oh, I do, actually. Yeah. Does someone fall over? Clever. Okay. Uh, No, it's set in Birmingham Gay Pride. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Okay. um, What theme tune do you want? Um, Are you editing this week? Uh, I, I won't be able to, I don't think. Okay. Well, I feel like the police squad theme would be appropriate. I don't think that's superhero enough. Well, well I, I could... don't think I'm superhero enough, so that's a good point. I could park 
I could park episode one, two, two, and prioritize this one. Okay, that sounds. And like I could a edit sensible, it. That sounds like a sensible approach. Mm. Okay. Yeah, because I'm sure you want to get your own sound effects and stuff in. Yeah, I might. Uh, I could redo my lines, which might be the worst ones, and then. Mm. If you go to yeah. incompitech.com, you can get loads of royalty-free music. Okay, I'll just is... steal ones with royalties on. That'll be fine. Okay, yeah, that should be fine. That's what fine. I do normally. Yeah, fair mm. enough. Okay, so... Uh, or you could do a Will Smith-style rap all about the play. <laughs> do you know how I thought about this, how it came into my head? is I was thinking about um, Earthworm Jim and... Dan doing farts and the mighty guff. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I'm not quite sure how that relates to Earthworm Jim, but you know, sure, whatever. No. Well, the 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 mighty well, I mean, this guff. Is, this from... has certainly made, laid your thought processes clear. <laughs> I can't really defend the thought processes because it was from such a long time ago. But anyway, we'll start. If the line goes wrong and you want to redo it, then just say, "Oh, hang on, and do it again." And I'll, okay. I'll do it properly, so we'll kind of cut them all out and and make it slick. Does that sound good? It's quite mm-hmm. a departure for us. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure it's worth a try, isn't it? Anyway, so, so let's start. So the narrator's up first. Off we go. <clears throat> the interior of Birmingham Cathedral. A large crowd is in near ecstasy listening to a solo song by Daniel Mercer. Now, this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down, and I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there, I'll de- tell you how I became the prince of a town called Guildford. In West Philadelphia, born and raised <laughs> on the playground, was where I spent most of my days, chilling out, maxim, relaxing all call, and shooting some croquet outside the school, when a couple of guys who were up to no good started making trouble in my neighbourhood. I got in one little fight, and my mum got scared, she said, you're moving with your auntie and uncle in Leeds. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> no, no, that's it. I'm no, sort of come on, here. commit to it. I mean, it says does some singing and then stops. So. Yeah. I, th- I think if he's got that far, it's more embarrassing to well, stop. Well, I mean, we, we already have a serious plot hole because he the song is about how he became the prince of a town called Guilford, yet his mum, for some reason, <laughs> sent him to Leeds. Yeah. I never said but she was... But he got lost. <laughs> it's obviously a long-winded process by which he obtains his royal status. He yeah. must be a, a king in exile. Yes, yeah. Oh, like the lion That's how all good origin stories start. He's not like the lion His uncle killed his dad <laughs> and then sent him off to Leeds. And then he came back to take uh, sit on his throne as the Prince of Guildford. Yeah. Right, okay. See, Chris, this is massive character development here. <laughs> okay, right, well, then the crowd. Hey, bravo! Oh, bravo. Encore, Hooray. Encore, hey. Well, good. Good oh, I'm singing. Sorry, my darlings, I must go. My private jet is waiting to take me to my next modelling shoot, where I'll be photographed in just my little gym shorts and black socks. Boo! Oh, we want, we more, want singing. more singing! More singing! More singing! At that point, the mighty guff summoner... That, that makes no sense, Chris. <laughs> That's just a random, grammatically appalling non-sequitur. What is no, that supposed to be? It's like the bat signal. <laughs> Yes, the summoner for the mighty guff. Oh, yeah. okay. Sorry, you, you've it, the you, mighty we, guff you put summoner. stuff in brackets that doesn't make any sense. Okay, we'll read I it out. The, I, I presume the is activated is supposed to be outside the brackets. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. At that point, the mighty guff summoner is activated. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. Read that. 
at that point, the Mighty Guff Summoner is activated. And and say what it you is. You need the exposition. Mm. <clears throat> exposition. An internet of things vibrated discreetly placed upon Daniel and Graham persons. Upon or within... <laughs> It says upon. It says upon. I, I, I wanted some mystery in the in the text. Yeah. I wanted Within to allude to. I wanted to allude to insertion, but I wanted to okay. aim for that twelve A rating. Fair enough. Right. Okay. So it's more like a carry on, mighty guff than yeah. Uh, yeah. Fifty Shades of Mighty Guff. Yeah, and and if 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 um if this was filmed, then obviously you'd know that it vibrated because you'd both go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Cool. You can make that noise if you want. Okay. E, sit down, the ungrateful buggers. E told you it was too busy. You buggers have had two hours enjoying his throat. Poor lad is exhausted. Oh, I'm sorry, my lovelies. You can buy a CD in the lobby. Daniel Mercer bows, and him and Ket walk to his table. Sorry, it's really difficult when you just abbreviate Graham's name to GT apostrophe K. Yeah, <laughs> there is a lot more of that later, and it gets oh, quite confusing. GT K. Yeah, it did save me a lot of time when I was typing it, mm. but uh, it, that may have been a false economy. I also don't think the narrator reads out stage directions. He does if it's a radio play. <laughs> I'm not sure that's true. <laughs> well, if it's radio play, there's no stage. Yeah. Yeah, no, you have to like like know like people what's happening. Well, that's done. With, that's that's the job of the folio for imposter. So we need some gravel sounds. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have yeah. where the thing is wrong, Chris. Just just read it out. Do what I say. <sighs> Daniel Mercer bows, and him and Graham Ket turn and walk to the rear of the stage, revealing Daniel Mercer's singing gown is unfastened at the back and he is all nudie down below. I think this next line that Dan's about to read is the best thing I've ever read. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty good. A large woman in the front row faints dramatically. A Sid James-style character leers, clearly impressed by his muscular thighs and calves, by which I presume you mean Daniel's and not his own. What a large woman. (laughs) I thought that was usefully ambiguous. To the guff barge, something is afoot. They walk to the vestry, turn the bust of Pat Sharp 30 degrees to the left, and after a shuddering grind, the secret passageway is revealed behind the picture of Stu from the Tesco ad. The robotic... robotic? The robotic waking claws leap into life, rip off their vestments, and replace them with their superhero outfits, the mighty Guff and Frenchie. To the Guff barge, allez, allez! It is the quickest way to get the, from the edge of to centre of Birmingham. And the barge, it is quicker than a regular barge because it is using fat balloon technology to use your mighty guffs, mighty guff, to power it. Six to eight hours later, they arrive in Birmingham County Hall, moor up and run inside, and burst into Chief Commissioner Beardwood's office. He is a heavy-set man with a thick, brummy accent. Are you Commissioner? Why did you activate the mighty guff summoner? <laughs> so, so that's, that's Scottish, is it? Well... Near enough. I'd like you uh, to attempt that line again, please. The mighty guff transcends regional accents. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he is the king guff. of the king of Guildford living in Leeds, so you've got me there. <laughs> yeah. I mighty commissioner, why did you activate the mighty guff summoner? Really alright ducks, that's that's what you went with. Yeah, it's a regional thing. It is, is it? Yeah. Okay. 
In 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 Birmingham, remember? You're a Brummie. Yes, of course. This should be fun. Uh, given how bad my Brummie accent is. Uh, I shall attempt just to do it with my cold and see how well it works out. Alright, ducks. Oh, Mighty Guff. Eyes, eyes, please. Eyes, please. What the fuck? Have you just have you just assumed that everyone in Birmingham is incapable of stringing coherent sentences together? I, I was mean, just, I was just thinking. And gone with of, a sort um, of weird Noddy Holder. Just imagine Noddy Holder saying that. But he's from he's from like Wolverhampton. Do you want me to be? Same. Do you want? It to, really isn't. Do you want me to take the role of um, Commissioner Beardwood, and then you can take a role of? Um, uh, you could else. be the litterbug. Which I mean, ones do you I, want I, to be? I can be the litterbug. I don't. You mind. could be the litterbug. Uh, I'm fascinated and... to see what your uh, your Brummie accent is like. The, the litterbug is from Solihull. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fine. They're they're, they're proper up market. You could areas. be you be the litterbug and Dan Fan six two five. Okay. And I'll be Commissioner Beardwood. How on earth did you think this to? was going to work in a room? <laughs> <laughs> were, we, were we going to act stuff out? I might well, go on a bar. Very, very drunk. At the time, this would not have been possible on the internet because my internet was so bad. I see, yeah. It's That's more true. possible now, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, so, I think this is working really well. I mean, it's going to require <clears> some <throat> serious editing and the gag reel and the uh, cut reel, but yeah. A sure. gag reflex. All right. Are you, are you ready for my. No, um... That's necessary. All right, ducks. Oh, mighty guff. I is pleased to see you, Chuck, and your little pal, French, eh? We are in a right pickle. <laughs> was that Hazel, that was... <laughs> was she reading it out for you? I'm so confused. You're, you're very lucky that she's not here. <laughs> <laughs> what is it, Commissioner? <clears throat> Some bloody supervillains are trying to sabotage Birmingham Pride. Oi, flaccid trousers. Oh, fuck. Um, I was trying to do it in Irish and I could fuck it up. Um, ah, flaccid trousers sneaks, to be sure, to be sure. Who? <coughs> well, I tell thee, our best guess, what it is, the cold brew hipster, and he's in cahoots with the little bug. Wi-Fi enabled dildos. I would expect this of the... <laughs> <laughs> of the CBH, but I thought the litterbug was on our side and they were okay. sworn enemies. So, Dan, this is another thing where, to save me time, I've abbreviated. So, for CBH, you need to say the cold brew hipster. Oh, sorry. Perhaps the mighty guy also abbreviates the names of his enemies. Maybe. We'll do it both ways and then um, I'll, I'll choose the best one. Wi Fi enabled dildos. I would expect this of the cold brew hipster. Yeah, and then the rest of the line. No, but I thought the little bug was on our side and we were sworn enemies. It is tre, tre mysterious. What turns a good man bad is mysterious as love. When I ran a restaurant, I realised love is like... Uh, uh, Ordinarily, I could listen to you all day, pet, but this is an emergency. I need Yow's tail to save the day. Luckily... I know why they are doing it. After all these incidents of people leaving floaty poos in toilets <laughs> and, all, and all the perverts taking pictures of Yao's shoes under the cubicles, I installed webcams in all the lavies and I overheard them plotting. 
they have formed a pact because they both hate Yow, Mighty Gov. They hate Yow and people having a nice time and litter. It is the perfect storm. The cold brew hipster hates it. <clears throat> the cold brew hipster hates hearing anyone having fun in a way he disapproves of, especially noisy fun. And the litterbug is enraged by all the litter left behind, especially all them empty cups. Uncircumcised dick pics. seems to have spent a reasonable amount of time in South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> was your was your gaydar going off? <laughs> um, it was, yeah. <laughs> Uncircumcised dick pics. Do you know what they are planning? <clears throat> yes, I do. They both spend a huge amount of time in public lavatories. The cold brew hipster is planning to use his freeze cannon to freeze all the coffees. Without hot coffees in our bit of northern climate. <laughs> all the lovely gays will get cold and sleepy and go home early. Making less mess and less noise. You're aware Birmingham's not northern. It is. <laughs> it is. For me it's, it is. It's, very it's much north of the river. It's northern. <clears throat> I would like a big blast from the cold brew hipsters' cannon, if you know what I mean. Oh, oh, oh. This is no time for your innuendo, Frenchie. In your endo, boom! <coughs> the mighty guff rolls his eyes and tries to hide his semi-erection. <laughs> Yow to a bronze only hope. Our economy depends on the Pride weekend. They must be stopped, y'all, to the guff copter. The mighty guff and Frenchie are hovering over Birmingham in the guff copter. This is a tandem bicycle that's been modified to fly using helicopter parts. It's powered by a constant stream of farts from the mighty guff. Regarde, down there, it is them by the coffee mark. Oh, sorry. <coughs> ha, 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 you are too late, see? My main boy, the cold brew hipster, has already frozen all of the coffee. Birmingham Pride is ruined and the streets will be less messy. Oh, this is me, cold blue hipster, right. Um, It's difficult to convert from such a good Brummie accent to a a Welsh accent. Um, It's not stopping me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (coughs) He's right, so he is. See them coffees over by there? I froze them all, see? All these bloody LGBT people. Subwoofers, I call them. Hi Twinkles, Chris here with a quick editor's note. Uh, the term subwoofer is a callback to a series of tweets that were hilarious and non-offensive to anyone between Graham Kett and Dave from Birmingham. And this is a callback to them rather than being a standalone offensive thing to say. But in a minute I say something that's definitely offensive about the French and uh, is is there without any context uh, to mitigate this whatsoever, so uh, look forward to that. I don't care if it's <laughs> offensive. I say it now because of Brexit. I have been emboldened by the referendum vote, see? They are all going to get sleepy and goes off to bed early and then I can get a nice bit of kip, see? Angry flock of butter seagulls. Mad. oh no, we are too late, mighty guff. Fear not if I have a plan. <laughs> <laughs> but I need you to distract him so I can lay the gaff cup close enough to the coffee mark. Okay, Dan. Um, <laughs> again, good good line, but F stands for Frenchy. I thought oh, that, I was, that was, was my matey. I, yeah. I, I, was, I was okay I, with that. 
I, I assume that was my pet name for him. Okay. Um, well, well, again, with say, do it properly. Fear not, Frenchie, for I have a plan. I need you to distract them so I can land the guff plop to guff copter close enough to the coffee mark. Say no more. F-bomb away! <laughs> Frenchie tumbles out of the guff copter. He deploys the parachute from his onion string utility belt and floats down in front of the Colbrew hipster and litterbug. I ah. forgot how offensive this was in so many ways. <laughs> ah, hello, mes amis. When I see you two together, I think about love. Love is very much like a frozen cup of coffee. Sometimes with milk, sometimes with sugar. The villains are soothed by Frenchie and momentarily their eyes glaze over. Mighty Guff skillfully lands the Guff Copter by the rear entrance of the coffee mark. Mighty Guff sneaks up on the villains. A stench of warm fart that has lingered in his tiny running shorts and black gym socks breaks Frenchie's spell and they try to run away. Mighty Guff and French chase them into a cul-de-sac. Now is the time to surrender, evildoers. Never! I am unrepentant, see? I hate all these noisy people having a good time. Last year they drove a forklift truck in reverse for eight hours. Mighty Guff and Frenchie share a knowing glance. This is the filthiest euphemism in the world, but it's so naughty that the Pope keeps it top secret and only tells his favourite superheroes, like the Mighty Guff and Frenchie, and Super Ted. The Cobra hipster fires his freeze cannon into the ground and it fires him away like a jetpack. He disappears from view towards the southern side of Birmingham, towards his secret lair. Aran said Creme Fresh, he has escaped. Oh, never mind that, Frenchie. We caught one of them. Don't you reveal his identity? They remove his mask to reveal... Brian Corrigan, 73! Um, now hold on, mate. It wasn't me. Um, the EU did it. My granddad was a war hero. Um, Jotala, this is another mask. I will remove it. <laughs> Zutalo, it is Dan Fenn, Soison de Nan. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready, Adam? Yes, I'm trying to not cough horribly because I have quite a bad In a Dorset accent. Oh, no, because oh, no. No, he's mysterious, isn't he? He's mysterious. Yes. Yeah. It is 6-2-5, you moron. That's why I did it. You have ruined my life by rejecting my love. Hold that, on was, it. that was great. That was sinister. I really liked that. Mm. Good reading. <laughs> it's a shame you've only got one line for that yeah. character. Oh, well. <laughs> Hold on a minute. This is another mask. <laughs> Christopher from Dorset, it was you all along. That's mighty my lovers. Sorry about all this. I just wanted Mighty Guff to notice me. Plus, I don't like letter N. Ah, love, it takes many forms. I'm sure Mighty Guff can forgive you and have a lovely bubble bath with you, but now we must work together to save pride. <laughs> my little Gaelic friend. I have already saved pride. But ow! I used a superheated megathought to thaw the coffee. Hooray! Hooray! Ew, but what about all the mess of the paper cups? I have an idea to avoid cups. We will spray on them from the guff copter. And because my farts are mildly hallucinogenic and euphoric, they will have a lovely time. Late that evening, the Colbert hipster is in his evil supervillain. What? Oh, layer. That. Yeah, there's a word missing. 
Like that evening, the Colbrew hipster is in his evil supervillain lair, scooping with scooping, <laughs> Skyping. Scooping, <laughs> Skyping with Top Hat German, an international scoundrel. Noisy dance music can be heard in the background. that's good. It says, "Bloody pride is so bloody noisy. I hate the mighty guff for spoiling my lovely plans." Oh, is this me again? Um, I, I can do that if you want. To oh yeah, dialogue. yeah. That wouldn't yes, work that's, well, that's good. Yeah. You are a bloody idiot just wear some earplugs and stop drinking Budweiser. It is not real beer. It is as wrong as a wooden robot. Just then, the tannoy can be heard. Tannoy is actually a brand name uh, for a PA yeah. system. Okay. So and and Adam, can you, can you put your hand over your mouth to make it all... Yeah. <coughs> Uh, no, I think you should do it when you do with the editing. Do, yeah, just put a really uh, aggressive high pass filter on it. It'll just, make me sound all far away. And just uh, Google uh, um, okay. PA system filter. Just, just like, as I said, just do a high pass filter. Whack the decibels right up, and it'll just make me sound really tiny and far away. Do the reverse okay. echo effect, like um, I did for the ghost voice. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, I'll do that. We were scheduled to stop the music now, but we're all having such a lovely time. We're going to party all night. Joining us on stage now for an extended and extra noisy set is a special surprise guest, international gay icon Dan the Polar Bear Mercer. Oh, curse you, mighty Guff. Curse you, Frenchie. Curse you, Christopher from Dorset. And to a lesser extent, Commissioner Beardwood. Although I do recognise he was acting within his remit as a government employee. So I'm slightly less annoyed with him. This isn't over. Some good I there. will be back again to spoil everyone's fun. The end. Addendum. Well, pausing for Jurassic Effect. Oh. Addendum. Later, Daniel and Chris have a lovely central bubble bath together and wash each other with sponges. It is very erotic. Aubergine emoji everywhere. I think rather than being an addendum, could that be on the next episode of Mighty Guff? <laughs> I think that would work, yeah, let's do it. <clears throat> Tease ahead. On the, next ep- on the next episode of Mighty Guff, Daniel and Chris have a lovely sensual bubble bath together and wash each other with sponges. It is very erotic. Aubergine emoji everywhere. We have to wear it after the watershed. The end. And after the, okay. the porn geddon. Mm. Yes. Okay, so I enjoyed that very much. Thank you for yeah, reading my play. Well written. Thank you for writing it. I think the most difficult thing from a director's point of view was was Daniel's very bold decision to, to have a different accent for every line. Yeah. Well, you act like that was a choice on my part, <laughs> rather than just a natural consequence of asking me to do a single accent. I think it's something that um, more professional actors should try. <clears throat> I, yes. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Possibly not more than once, but um, but definitely they should try it. So, I mean, what I thought about this when I remembered I had it was that it is a little bit like a very posh version of a diss track, isn't it? I guess so. Yeah. To write a play, to write a play about someone. Oh, yes, I suppose. What they were yeah. all doing in the 16th century, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Um, and I forgot how much I had had written in things. Uh, there's a lot of callbacks in there, isn't there? Yeah. Mm. I don't know how much they were callbacks and how much they meta. were things that had really recently happened. Yeah, I think that... that well, the, nobody got put in a bin, did they? Which, no. If you were going by recent events, that would have been... That would have featured Maybe quite heavily. that's how you can date this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I thought it was well, tremendous. Well, maybe episode... I'd, I'd like to hear another instalment very, very soon. Yeah, okay. get right and Chris. Well, now we've, now we've sort of got the backstory. Um... I'm also very keen uh, to start reading all the um, Mighty Guff erotic fanfic that's bound to <laughs> start being written. Wouldn't well, that I be mean, wonderful? Obviously, if any listeners do write some, we will be happy to act out. I yes. might have to use a stunt double, but... Um... Yeah, if, if we go to Nottingham again this summer, which I assume we will, we mm. could uh, put on a live um, erotic show. In I mean, the if Airbnb. we do, it will it will very much have to be on the Friday night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't. I, I I would definitely not chance, be up to a gay orgy. <laughs> the chances of us doing it on Saturday, based on the past experience, are basically non-existent. I think. Mm. Mm. Well, I've got a good idea. In that now we've established these characters, um, why don't we ask Twinkles to write more episodes? Yeah, that is erotic fanfic. Well, well, only if it's erotic fanfic. Only if it's erotic. Well, it will be (laughs) because it (laughs) will be involved. And that everything. I mean, my sexy body makes everything erotic. I mean, that's true story. But that would. That would save us a huge amount of time and effort, wouldn't yeah, it? That's if, true, yeah, it's crowdsourcing. Somebody it's very else just generates it. 3.5. If they recorded it and just sent it to <laughs> us, or we could give them a username and password, and they could just release it as an episode, that would be easier as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, that I mean, was good. We could I just like start that. franchising the podcast, which is essentially where this is ultimately going. I mean, I can't oh, see anything wrong with yeah. that. Oh, yeah. To I'm, what, regional franchises? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it doesn't have to be regional. This is the internet; like, it's a lot more flexible than that. But mm. I would. There's any reason that we couldn't have franchise outlets. If any of the Twinkles want to get together and record their own episode, I'm very happy for that to happen, and I think it will be wonderful. Mm. But we can't force it. I think you need. Well, to we could. We could round them up in bins and force and them, take them to, them to, to a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we could take them to a. Logically, you take them to then like a, a rubbish truck depot. Yeah, that would raise what? the least suspicion as you're moving them around in bins. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I don't know, put them all in one bin with a microphone, and mm. then threaten to crush them in the crush if they don't some issues with audio quality. One of them should ideally be in a bin that's a bit further away, and you know <laughs> you can only barely hear him. <laughs> and one of them should be given a computer to tap away at. <laughs> Well, in my defence, I have to keep turning around to play with a cat. One should have a okay, cat. Is that a euthanism? <laughs> I mean, it no, was a very sexy it's, play. It's a cat. <laughs> mm. You may you may be able to hear periodic background whining. Hmm. So so that's the play done. That was good. It felt like actual content. Maybe good isn't the right word. Great. We dragged it out to an hour. So yeah. I yeah. enjoyed it. So then. That's all you can hope for. Yeah, as um, long as we're enjoying ourselves, um, that's that's all that's important, really. I'm not sure mm-hmm. that's... Yeah, sort of. So, does anyone want to talk about anything else? No, I think no, I think we've inflicted enough on these poor people. Yeah, well, I agree. You don't want to talk about Russian spies? Nope. Nope. No. No. I have nothing to add. Okay. Well, that's good. good. I mean, good I didn't like... Enough. Eating at ZZ's anyway, so good. I've, I mean, you're gonna have enough trouble editing. Never that's, 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 the, that's my that's my glib glib take on it. Okay. Very insensitive. Good. 
Fucking. But less insensitive than the play, so. Mm. Well, yeah, there is that. Yeah. So, so anyway, that's it. Is that it? Well, that's it. Finished? Yeah. Yeah. All done. Everyone's okay. about to leave now. Well. Cool. Oh, and there's the cat back. That's nice, isn't it? We can go home. Mm. Are we off then? Are we going to stop? Is that the plan? Are we stopping? Yes. Should we say goodbye? I'm in charge again. The power's going to go to my head. Well, mm. um, I have been uh, Chris, and the others have been themselves. And is everyone going to say goodbye? Hollow the Reddington sound. Oh no, what we should do is like, um, starring in this uh, adaptation of The Mighty Guff were Graham In order Kett. of appearance. In order of appearance. Um, when did, what order did you arrive in? Oh, do we need to go back to the script? The narrator was played by Adam. The Mighty Guff was played by Chris. No, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> someone just press stop? I mean, in hindsight, it might have been a mistake to cast someone purely for their physical attraction for what is a radio play, but you live and you learn, so there we are.